Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Dear Former In-Laws. This is your host, Enno Georgette Inwek. You know, I am beyond grateful that Anchor has provided this platform so that I can share the things that I hold in my heart and I don't have to wait for any pomp and fanfare. I'm so excited about this. And also, when there's a need, I can just directly send this to anyone who needs to hear it rather than directing them to some random video where I have to sort of turn on a character, put on makeup or do anything like that. Because the process when you're making a video is so different from making a podcast. This episode is going to be about when you first hear from the first, for the first time when the person you love has decided that they want to separate with you. I don't know how other people experience it because what I've noticed is that we don't all do things the same way, but I can only talk about my particular brand of pain. So I don't think I can do this particular subject justice by starting now to tell you everything about my journey. You're just going to hear about it in bits and pieces. And as it is particularly important or appropriate for the story or the podcast in question. So for brevity's sake, we're just going to talk about the fact that I was happily married. And as far as I was concerned, my husband was married. We were out here just living our best life. I had a pending speaking engagement with a small group at Apple in Cupertino, California. He was working from home. We just thought we were just this power couple about to just go out here and make it happen. So we made a decision that we were going to move to San Francisco. And he was like, you know what? Let's go check out San Francisco. You know, we should move there. My parents are there. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So there I was, excited about this new opportunity and this new life that we were going to have. And we went to San Francisco. We had decided to stay there for about 10 days and, you know, give us enough time to find a place to live and book a place Make us some appoint make some appointments. So, by the way, neither one of us knew how expensive San Francisco could be. And I don't know why my black oily ass thought that 10 days would be enough for us to do this. But anyway, we were optimistic. So we came and just <laughs> at some point he was like, you know what, you should sell your car. Because we really didn't think we needed two cars. He had a car, I had a newer one. We should sell your car so that we can just go ahead and be out here in San Francisco. Between the time we were looking for a place and people kept saying, oh, that spot is already booked. And the time I could turn around to say, you know what, maybe we should make a separate trip. He looked me in the eye and was like, I don't think I can do this. And I'm thinking, of course we can do this. We don't have to rush the decision. Maybe we can go back, renew our lease. And he was like, no. I don't want to be married. Uh, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) What? (sighs) Even as I tell that story, I downplay the impact that it had on me. But I knew it wasn't personal to me. As far as I was concerned, he loved me so much. We never had problems the way I saw other people have problems. And I thought that he was a shining example of a good man. So I knew immediately it wasn't me. It wasn't personal. He came back from a trip from Peru where he had what he told me was supposed to be a retreat for um, a group of men and so on. So I thought, 
based on what he was saying. It was an epiphany about the impact he needed to make in the world. And perhaps marriage would stop him from going around the world to make this impact, which I don't know what I was hearing. But I knew that it was clear enough for me to say, you know what, I know we're not going to be enemies. But guess what? By the time I turned around, in the span of 24 hours, I went from somebody who he loved and we just finished hugging each other saying you know what we're going to get through this as friends we're not going to be enemies because he clearly told me it wasn't me to I was his worst enemy what do you do when you've just gotten news from someone who says this is not going to work out and you never saw it coming like I said earlier I don't know what other people do, but I can tell you what it did to me. It devastated me. And I see how other people go through divorces. Now, mind you, this <laughs> the disingenuous thing about these type of conversations is that my journey may not mirror your journey. It may not even look like what yours is about to be, right? So be clear, this is really a, this is me going over my journey. But guess what? There are some people who can relate to just the suddenness of one minute we're in San Francisco talking about, hey, we're getting ready to have a new life, create a new life, and all of a sudden, that's gone. And I was, I remember thinking, wait, what? When I first heard that, I did the worst thing because we were at his father's house, in his parents' house. I just said I needed to go for a drive to clear my mind. You know what doesn't happen when you just hear that someone wants to give you a divorce and you didn't see it coming you don't clear your mind if anything it jumbles everything up and I got in a car which I believe was worse than driving drunk I got in a car and I took a drive and I remember getting to some light and not realizing I need to drive and people were honking all around me like beep 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 and I remember not being able to move the car it didn't even matter I was that numb and I just started crying and then began 48 hours of crying non-stop I was in Redwood City California sometimes when you go through sudden change it completely stops your thinking and your judgment and your rationale you cannot think straight you can't think straight right So what you hear me describe is my mind was starting to just turn on itself. You can't do anything sudden. You can't get in a car. You put yourself in a bad in a bad place. You get disadvantaged. It's almost like drunk driving, right? So were I to do it all over again, I would have called my sister sooner. I think I wanted to wrap my mind around it. And that's what happens sometimes. You hear this type of sudden news and you're like, you know what? Let me wrap my mind around what's happening. But none of it makes sense to you. You feel lost. You can feel confused. You, The denial is another real thing. How many times have you heard someone say that they're throwing you out discarding you breaking up with you and you're thinking nah that's not true that's not true what 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 or if perhaps you just lost your job and as far as you knew you were an amazing employee and you didn't see that coming 
something like that can shake you in the core. So what I was telling myself in that moment was, you know what? I understand it's not me. Matter of fact, he was telling me it wasn't me. But you know what? I think that if I had to give anybody any advice, and this is actually inspired by a conversation I was having with my really good friend this week. This is inspired by a conversation I was having with a good friend of mine tonight. And I was telling her, there's something about acknowledging pain that you feel. We are so big on just let me go for a drive. Let me get my mind right. Let me think straight. Let me figure it out. Sometimes you just have to pause. When you get devastating news, something that is so heavy, life-changing, life-altering, whatever you want to call it, you might want to just pause and be still. I think that being still provides some sort of peace and even more clarity than you would have ordinarily gotten by moving up and down. You just got to be still. It allows you to acknowledge where you are, be it pain, excitement, anything that's unnerving. It is what it is. Being still is a big part of the journey. Be still and trust that your mind will do what it needs to do for itself in that moment. It could be crying. It could be you know, screaming. I spent the most amount of time being numb for a long time. I was in denial about a lot of things. I didn't want to feel and I was making up things to do. You start hearing people say, you know what? It's not you. Or what did you do? There's something you could have done. You blame yourself for some of the sudden changes that happened, right? And when you first get wind of something so devastating, the blaming of yourself is so real you think is this something that I did if you're unfortunate like I was to have certain people around they will tell you that it's something you did one friend brought to my attention that she felt I didn't I didn't beg him you know once he asked for the divorce why don't you go beg him to stay I don't know the way your self-esteem is set up, but I knew for a fact begging was not part of my ministry. If someone says to me, I don't want to be with you, there's nothing to beg. And plus, I knew enough about my relationship to know that it wasn't anything that I did. We didn't fight. We didn't argue, which today one can argue is a telltale sign. I don't know. But there's always a chance that you want to blame yourself. What could I have done differently? I don't think that's an honest question. In that moment, when something is blindsiding you, but that's what we do. That's our default. I think being still and acknowledging the hurt is a real thing to do. But then after that, it's a question of gathering ourselves together to know that we are going to, we are about to embark on a very heavy journey. And I want to talk about what that could possibly look like in the next blog. 
I keep saying vlog. I'll get used to it. I want to talk about what that's what that could possibly look like in the next podcast. But today's podcast is just about the first time you hear that somebody wants to break up with you. What do you do with those feelings? Just being in that space. Is there really a right thing to do? Is there really? You don't know. There's no advice. Like, there's so much that we can speculate about what it does to you to hear devastating news. I was in shock. I don't know that I should have gotten in a car and started driving. I put myself in danger and I put other people in danger by doing that. And if you are lucky enough to have someone to call, that's probably your best bet. But oftentimes you're too busy judging yourself and probably trying to deflect other judgment that could possibly come your way. There's a lot that we're going to uncover and unpack on this journey. And we'll do it, but it all won't be done today. I'm no guru. We're just out here sharing stories. But remember what I always say. It is up to you to make it a great day. Thank you for listening.